Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello. We're here once again with our leader in Highlight Radio program. Women in Electronics is a nonprofit organization set up in the electronic component industry for the talent development and networking for women in the industry. And with that, I just wanted to introduce our guest today, David Loftus, who is the president of the ECIA, and welcome him. Thank you, David, for joining us today. Thanks, Jackie. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Well, we have about 20 minutes with you, so I want to get really into things um, because I have a lot to talk to you about. Um, You are fairly new in this position at ECIA, um, although you have a long career in the industry. So why don't we start with that? You know, what brought you to ECIA? What career did you have in the industry leading up to this point? Well, I started my career just as a trained electrical engineer. I got my MBA early on, uh, but I was a design engineer in electrical engineering, mostly in military electronics. And uh, I had had friends in sales. And in 1991, I took the jump from the engineering world over to sales with a company called Xilinx. Early on in my career, uh, became a field apps engineer, which I thought was really a good balance between Mm -hmm. trying out the business side of the world, but also keeping some of my technical roots. But I got into sales management, started rising through the ranks, had a wonderful opportunity to move to Hong Kong in 2002 to run Asia Pacific uh, for Xilinx, came back to Silicon Valley for uh, a number of years, uh, had an opportunity to run some big business units as a vice president, general manager. And then came back over onto the sales and marketing side and ran worldwide sales and marketing for three different public semiconductors, Intersil, then Cypress, and then uh, Maxim. And uh, just recently, I stepped into this role with ECIA. It's uh, really a, a, another different track for me in my career. I had actually retired from Silicon Valley back in November and I was really just looking to do consulting and board work. And I think the original conversation with my predecessor was around a chairman of the board position for ECIA. But the more we talked and the more we talked, we discussed the types of issues and efforts that ECIA was working on. He had shared with me that he was gonna be stepping into, back into the distribution world and invited me to uh, to engage as the president and CEO. So it's been just a few months now, a really unique time to take a, a change in your career because I think I was on board maybe a week or two when I had to tell people to go home because of COVID. It's been really a, a, a neat opportunity to be able to learn the business virtually, uh, understanding how to run a nonprofit, how to engage with membership and so forth, all virtually through Zoom meetings and so forth. I feel like that's pretty interesting because in your career, you know, you started as an engineer, you got into sales, you got into marketing, you moved to Asia. How long were you in Asia, by the way? I was there for about three and a half years. Wow. And so you were there with your family? 
I was. Okay. Yeah. Kids were young, so it was, they, they were flexible. It was easy to move them. Wow, that's awesome. So that shows a lot of flexibility on your part and that you're willing to adjust and take on new challenges. I think that's such a good point to make because mm. I think a lot of us get stuck in our comfort zones, but I think what you're showing is you keep kind of pushing past your comfort zone and really... Did you have any kind of experience with nonprofits before you came to ECIA or just industry connections and knowledge? Not directly employed. Uh, I had been engaged with SIA for a number of years. I was a board alternate for a couple of different CEOs and did some work with their executive committee. That was my real uh, engagement with the nonprofit and with the associate trade association world. Uh, I did not have a lot of engagement with ECIA. I certainly knew of the predecessor NIDA and a lot of the, the NIDA creations are somewhat standard practice in the electronics industry. But yeah, stepping into the nonprofit world has been really another interesting tack <laughs> in my career. And me as well. So I understand we can grow together because it was my first experience as well. So anyway, yeah, but I'm yes. So I'm so curious about you having a technical background and then getting into sales. I think this is one of the areas in our industry that needs maybe some attention because I think too many times we get stuck in what we're doing. Maybe the technical people don't realize they can be in sales or maybe sometimes they hop into sales, but it might not be what they've been groomed to do. So there's a lot of learning there. I don't know. Maybe you can comment on that. Sure. Well, for me, it was almost a personal dare. I started my career, as I said, in in design engineering, and I knew I had some challenges with personal communication. Uh, I was really mortified to be able to speak in public, even with a small group of engineers doing a design review. And uh, I had some friends uh, that had gotten into sales. They looked like they were having a lot of fun traveling, making more money than I was. And they had a lot of passion about what Mm -hmm. they were doing. And I really wanted to challenge myself to be able to step into a sales environment, put myself into a sink or swim kind Mm -hmm. of situation where I really had to develop to be able to be successful in that role. And luckily for me, I had a lot of really good mentors along the way uh, because I stumbled. Um, Mm. Again, I had uh, a a few personal challenges in trying to communicate in public forums. And so there were a couple of times where I stumbled in front of customers with my boss in the room. And so uh, walk out in the parking lot and I'm fully expecting that I'm gonna get fired. And yeah, this guy just put his arm around my shoulders and he Mm -hmm. says, don't worry about it, we'll get you there. And that's really been the story of uh, of my career. I've just been so blessed Mm -hmm. to have so many wonderful mentors and teachers along the way that had the patience and had the wisdom to be able to help guide someone that was not a great communicator and not a a great people person into uh, really blossoming into a great career. So I'm I'm so thankful for all the help that I've had along the way. Well, that is really good input because I think 
especially, you know, on behalf of women in electronics for the women listening, I think that there's such a fear of failure. And I think everybody has it. Men, women, we all do. But look what happened. You know, you had some failures along the way, but you picked yourself up, you grew, you learned. We're never going to succeed without failure. And so when you're pushing past your comfort zones and you're going to those next levels, you're going to have a lot of little things that you're going to have to keep overcoming. And I think it's true for all of us. But I love that you brought that point up because you could have just stopped in your tracks and said, forget it. This isn't for me. I'm done. Um, But you didn't. And you're probably reaping the benefits now. Absolutely. And I hope I brought some things to the industry along that way. I, I think that not only has it been good for me personally, but I do have a tremendous amount of passion for this business. I just thank Lord every day that I get up and I have the opportunity to be able to engage in an industry that I think has had mm. more impact on mm. the way that we work, live, and play as human beings than any industry at any time in the, the history of mankind. So it's just, I, I, I just consider myself incredibly blessed. Oh. You and I share the same sentiments, uh, for sure. And, you know, you you talk about mentorship so much. And so I want to lead into that because, you know, we have an industry-wide mentorship program with Women Electronics. And by the way, I'll probably recruit you (laughs) to be a mentor. But it's so awesome to see industry veterans who are still passionate. And you see what we've done in the industry. You see the potential. I I don't think the world knows what we know, right? And so it's good to be able to get that message out. But really, what I wanted to ask you, you know, how do you feel that your mentors really, are they more like sponsors, like they opened doors for you? They obviously built your confidence. What are some ways your mentors really helped you get past those points, like concretely? And what can you offer those people coming up who maybe are... It's a different work environment. Everybody's thrown into different roles that they're really not used to. And it's all of a sudden you, you, you're all of a sudden having to do marketing when you really didn't want to, or you're having to do sales and you are that technical person. So what advice do you have? There's a couple of questions in there. I think let's take the mentor one first. And like I mentioned, I had some really great experiences early in my career that taught me, I think, very well not to be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. People were just naturally gave it, I think, initially. But then, you know, along my career, I felt like I needed to be able to reach out. And, you know, mentors build people in their confidence. And uh, and I'll say that mentors don't always have to be superiors. And they're often not as you progress up the ladder. I think that later in my career, as I'm uh, VP level and above, that I found mentors that were either peers in new roles that mm-hmm. I was taking on. So, you know, when I move over into running business units, there were there were peer business unit leaders that I was able to leverage. But also there were many mentors that I had that were lower level in technical positions that had the patience mm-hmm. and willingness to be able to tutor me, to be able to help me in those roles. But the best advice that I can give people is not to be shy about trying to ask for help. I think that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people in advancing their careers is they're afraid to ask the question. They're afraid to be able to try to push for that next position, that next opportunity. And when I say push, that's a really interesting challenge. Uh, I, I When people ask me how to be able to ask for that, I say, be politely demanding. Mm-hmm. 
you need to really make sure that people know what opportunities you would like to have. I, I was never demanding. I never said, hey, I have to have this opportunity. It's let, let's go back to my uh, Asia Pacific trip. You know, I started a couple years before I actually got the opportunity to go to Asia. And I spoke to our CEO and at that time our VP of Worldwide Sales. And I just said, hey, it, when the time is is right for the company, I would really appreciate the opportunity to be able to get some international experience. And so, uh, you know, funny story. My wife is Icelandic, and we had had a number of successful expats that went through our office in London. And my wife and I love London. We go to London. We go to the theater. We go go to the shopping on Oxford Street and so forth. And we thought that we could get an opportunity to go to London so that she would only be a two-hour plane flight from her big extended family over mm -hmm. there. And Christmas of uh, 2001, my VP of Worldwide Sales called and he said, hey, I've, I've got the opportunity for you. So I got off the phone and I, I went and talked to my wife and I said, I've got some good news and I got some bad news. I said, the good news is we've got our international shot. I said, the bad news is it's on the exact opposite side of the planet that you want to be on. Mm. <laughs> so. Well, she's a trooper because she's hung in there and gone around with you and moved. And so that's also another, um, I think, another driving force behind a lot of successful people, whether it's a man or a woman who's reached a certain level in their career. Typically, you'll see that spousal support, you know, that they've Absolutely. had a lot of encouragement and support. Absolutely. You have to have a partner in life and and so she was a partner for business she was a partner for life and she's uh i i'm really blessed to have her oh that's awesome so i wanted to also move forward and, and just talk about for, for the people listening you know how do you um partner with say era there's a new organization forming um in the industry as well so how does eci fit in with um era at this point and and there's a new, like I said, forming organization that maybe we won't comment on yet because I don't know that they're fully developed yet. But how do you fit in and how do you work together? Oh, that's a great question. So there are a number of associations that serve the electronics market. There's uh, SIA, GSA, ERA, uh, even National Association of Manufacturers applies. I'll talk about ECIA. ECIA mm -hmm. stands for the Electronic Components Industry Association. It's an association that dates back, yeah, all the way back to the 1930s, mm. back when uh, radio uh, distributor days. And the most formative group along the way was uh, was NIDA, the, the Electronics Distribution uh, Association, that uh, then joined together with the ECA, the mm -hmm. Electronic Components Association, to become ECIA. And our membership is made up of manufacturers distributors and representatives. And we really focus on those kind of issues that affect the efficiency and effectiveness of our business. There are other groups that are really specialized, like ERA is for manufacturers representatives. So they have a very specialized membership and, and look at really what the issues are affecting only the reps. SIA is for semiconductor mm -hmm. companies and uh, really focuses on on issues of foundry fab and some of the public policy issues. So they're based in Washington. And we work with all the above because you know, we try to work across different segments of the industry to be able to 
look at more industry-wide and we try to work with our peer associations like ERA, SIA, NAM that have a more specialized function and role uh, for their constituents because they're also our constituents as well. Okay, well, thank you for clarifying that because sometimes it's hard for people to understand how everybody fits in. So it's good to hear it from you. Um, and then really, we have only a few minutes left. So I wanted to ask you another question. We, you know, I, I wish we had more time and we might have to add a part two with you. <laughs> but let me just get to this question. So since we're talking about women in electronics and our wheelhouse with diversity is gender parity. So what would your greatest piece of advice be to women as they're developing in their career journey? I think it's a couple of things. One is what we were talking about earlier in seeking out mentors, really trying to be politely demanding in their careers. I think that uh, many women feel uncomfortable in that light. And it's really important that you let your superiors know your goals and your next step aspirations. Mm -hmm. Don't assume you will always get noticed and promoted on merit. Uh, Sometimes the squeaky wheel does get the grease. And I'd also say that you really need to develop your business acumen. You need to keep that as a priority and develop, continue to develop that through mentors, through independent study to really try to understand what makes the business tick, learn about competition, learn about market conditions and so forth to be able to be more informed and be able to have intelligent conversations with people in power that are going to be able to make the decisions that are going to guide you along your career. And, you know, I think that it's really about just building that inner confidence and knowing that uh, you have something to bring to the table and really trying to find ways of being able to constructively engage. The last thing that I don't think is just necessarily for uh, women, but for or really everyone, is that we live in a global connected world, especially in this industry. And I strongly encourage people to find a way to be able to get some international experience I was sort of trying to satisfy a personal agenda and trying to get to, to London for my for my family. But as it turns out, that was really a pivotal point in my career to be able to take a big role in a foreign country, especially in Asia for me, that really set me on a different trajectory. And so if you do have an opportunity to be able to step into a marketing role or some other type of role where you get that international experience, I think it can be invaluable in not only helping you grow as an individual and understanding how the rest of the world does business, but also to make you more valuable Mm -hmm. to your present employer and make you more marketable to other potential companies in the future. Well, I think it's an excellent point. Also, as far as what you, you, you commented on, for women to be able to promote themselves in a very uh, humble way, um, I think sometimes women have a resistance to stating what they've done because they might feel like it comes across as arrogant or something. But we have to kind of move past that because, like you said, no one's just going to come a lot of times and pick you out. You have to kind of make it known what you've done and celebrate your own accomplishments also along the way. Um, Absolutely. Yes. And so anyway, I I wish we had more time, but we're going to wrap it up with one final question for one minute. And and I just have to ask, since we're now comrades in this whole nonprofit world, you and I, and, you know, what's the benefit that you see from your experience in the industry and now working with ECIA? What's the benefit you see with partnering with women in electronics or us being here to support the industry? That's a great question. Um, you know, the future health and success of our industry 
is tied to attracting and harnessing the best minds and the most creative ideas. We will not succeed uh, doing it the same way we have for the past 50 years. There's just too much worldwide competition out there and we need diversity of thought. We need to expand the demographics and Women Electronics is an organization that's devoted to diversity and inclusion. So I think they really go hand in hand. I think that the more we can promote women and minorities into positions of power in our industry. History has shown and statistics show very solidly that those companies and those industries that are more diverse are more successful. Well, I appreciate those comments and uh, we look forward to uh, working within the industry to really improve our diversity and inclusion. We have an amazing industry, as you know, and just looking to support it. And so thank you for being a part of ECIA. I think they're blessed to have you and all your experience, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, David. Thanks, Jackie. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.